Expiration for options used to be only monthly. Then in 2005, weekly options expirations were introduced, followed by daily options expirations rolling out in 2022. And this pace of more frequent expiration choices isn't slowing down, but rather accelerating, which means navigating options expiration intelligently for traders is a critical skill. So this week on the podcast, we'll explore some tips and tricks on how you can set up your portfolio to manage options expiration better. After all, if you plan on being in the options trading business for more than just one day, you're going to have to learn how to manage this expiration risk often. You're listening to the Option Alpha podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again from Option Alpha, working every single week to make this the most popular investing podcast offered online because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you consistently play smarter trades. So again, thank you so much for tuning in. Back on today's show, number 232, where we're going to be talking through some tips and tricks about how you can navigate options expiration. And we haven't done an options expiration show in quite a long time, and so now with some of the new stuff we can do with bots and automations, I figured it would be a great opportunity to kind of revisit this and start exploring how we can start integrating some of this stuff into our daily activities, basically our bot activities and our automation activities to start making better decisions and to start managing expiration risk a little bit easier. Now, if you haven't already, go back and listen to after this show number 187. If you have a lot of questions on expiration inside of that particular show, we went through 15 specific questions that people ask about options expiration. Things like, will my broker automatically exercise options that are in the money? Do all out of the money options expire worthless? What happens if I have a spread at expiration? What time of day do options expire? Are there any advantages to letting it go in the money? We answered a lot of questions that came from the community in that podcast episode. So again, that's episode 187. We'll put a link in the show notes as well. But that's a great place to start if you have a lot of these questions about the actual process of expiration and what happens and what to do or what not to do. So I'm not going to get into that on this podcast, but on that one, that's a good resource you should start with. What I wanted to do today instead was kind of shift our attention and focus into trying to figure out how to manage this risk of expiration a little bit more appropriately. Now, the reason that I think it's such an important and pressing thing for traders is because as I said in the intro, once we had the introduction of weekly options in 2005, and then now we start seeing these daily options expirations rolling out, this is not slowing down. This kind of gets me to what we were talking about in show number 230 about this dominating and eventual force that is auto trading. It's also kind of coinciding with just the options market in general starting to increase its frequency of expirations, increase its sophistication, and it means that you're going to have to manage this more often. Eventually, we'll see lots of stocks and ETFs start having daily expirations. That's not always the case right now, but you're going to see more of that. You're going to have potentially at some point in the future, maybe hourly expirations during the day. I don't know, but it just means that expirations are not going anywhere. And for most traders, I feel like options expiration is this monthly Oh, this like pit in their stomach, this burden that they have to just get through. And if they can just get through that monthly expiration and 
get through it unscathed, then it's like, okay, smooth sailing for another month until the next monthly expiration comes along. But now with weeklies and dailies, that's happening more and more frequently. And if, especially if you're trading products like SPY or some of these other big products, you have to deal with these. So instead of pushing it into the corner or forgetting that it happens or ignoring it completely, let's do something different. Let's actually start tackling some of these things, start figuring out how we can use modern tools and technology like automation to start improving the way that we manage these processes because we can't get away from them, okay? So that's the real key mindset that I want you to adopt and develop right now is like, we're not gonna push it into the corner anymore. We're not gonna ignore that expirations happen or how to manage them. No, let's run into this thing head on. Let's start trying to tackle some of these things, start figuring out how we can manage around this risk and try to trade around this risk because it is here. You're gonna do it. You're gonna go through it. It's gonna be a process you have to deal with. So you better learn how to deal with it right now. Okay, so here's the thing. I wanted to go through, I think I have about like seven things that I wanted to go through. They're tips, tricks, however you wanna classify them, but they're basically seven key things that I think you should try to do with your management of your positions and starting to navigate options expiration. So in no particular order, number one here is you should start to adjust your exit options as you near expiration. Now this is a really critical thing and I think that it's an important one that not a lot of people do. Now I don't know if it's great for every strategy. Some strategies you might not need to adjust your exit options, but Adjusting your exit options near expiration is a very logical thing that allows you to remove positions well before they get to the point of needing to be dealt with during the week of expiration. So let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Let's say that you're entering monthly iron condors. So you're running, in our example, the strategy I run or a bot that I run is a monthly iron condor strategy. So I'm running monthly iron condors, selling iron condors, 30, 45 days out and letting them go all the way or close to expiration, but I'm trying to take a 50% profit on those positions. So for the vast majority of time that that bot is gonna be running, I'm going to have my exit options set up to be looking for a 50% profit every minute. And I may or may not hit that 50% profit, obviously. Now, as I near expiration and as time starts to run out, what I should be doing is I should be updating those exit options to potentially take a smaller profit as I start to run out of time. Now, again, this could be different for your strategy or my strategy or particular strategy you're running, but conceptually, it's something you should consider doing inside of most of your bots and automations. Let's say you're now 10 days from expiration. Well, at 10 days from expiration, you could still shoot for your 50% profit, but you've kind of started to run up against the clock here. Now expiration's coming and it's faster and faster. So why not inch down your profit target to say 40% or 30% or 25%? You don't have to go down all the way to 10% or 5% or a dollar. You don't have to do that yet, but you could do it in a stair-step progression. You could do it in a progression where maybe at 15 days, you inch it down to 40%. And at 10 days, it's down to 35%. And at five days, it's down to 25%, right? And what you're doing is you're just logically adjusting your expectations based on where the market has been and how much time you have left. And the goal of doing this, if you adjust your exit options as you near expiration, is to remove the position with a profit and be able to recycle the capital and reset your timeline. Now, obviously, if you're trading weekly expirations, this is going to happen a lot faster. So if your particular strategy 
or your bot that you're running is trading weekly expirations, maybe 10 days out or seven days out, you might wanna start adjusting these at say four days or three days because the whole timeline is condensed anyway. But either way, you can and you should consider adjusting your exit options as you near expiration. Now this is an easy process to do inside of a bot because you can check each individual position and see how far it is from expiration, whether it expires in three days or 10 days or five days or less than six days or whatever. You can check that and you can check market days or calendar days. And then only when it gets inside that threshold, you can start to make different decisions. And that's really powerful. Again, it keeps it completely automated so you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to keep a calendar next to your desk or keep a spreadsheet of all the different expiration dates. You don't have to remember to go in and do it. Just give it to the bot to do, program it, add it into your automations to let them take care of it. Okay, number two, check the extrinsic value of your positions and legs. Now I'll say this for all of these ones as we go through here. This check can be done at any time and you should be doing this check closer to expiration. Now closer to expiration does not mean that you have to do it five days or starting five days from expiration. It doesn't mean you have to do it 10 days or seven days, whatever works for you. Personally, I like starting this check on some of my bots the week of expiration. So whenever you get inside the five trading days of expiration, that's probably a good benchmark to use, a good guidepost to use to start running some of these checks inside of your automations. So this one here, number two, is to check the extrinsic value of your legs inside of a position. Now, what do we mean by this? Well, all options are basically a combination of extrinsic value and intrinsic value. And to go back to options pricing 101, intrinsic value is the value that you have if you were to exercise the contract immediately. It's in the money, intrinsic value. It has value right now because you could exercise that contract and immediately gain some sort of value. Intrinsic value would only be options that are in the money. So for put options, this is put options where the option is above where the stock is trading for puts, and for call options, the option is below where the stock is trading for calls. So this intrinsic value, that's a really key component. And that's great. And even if an option goes in the money well ahead of expiration, it doesn't necessarily mean that that option contract is gonna be assigned. This is probably one of those little myths that happen to run around out there for new traders, is they worry that if their option contracts go in the money and it's well before expiration, that that means that somehow they're automatically gonna get assigned. That's not the case. If your option contract goes in the money, let's say you have a put spread and the stock is trading at $100 and you sell the 95 strike put and you buy the 90 strike put. Well, if the stock starts trading lower and starts trading lower below 95, your short strike put option, technically that 95 strike put option is in the money and starts accruing intrinsic value. But the other component of an options price, the other major component, is the extrinsic value. I kind of think about it as the external factors, which is mainly comprised of time until expiration. So there's a time value component to options that are valuable. And then you have your volatility, your implied volatility expectations, a little bit of interest rate stuff in there, right? All the other external stuff. So when you look at your option price, just because the option goes in the money 
doesn't mean that it's going to automatically be assigned. And the reason is, is because if the option contract has extrinsic value left in it, then that extrinsic value is valuable to the other person on the other side of the trade. So let's say you have an option contract and it goes in the money by a dollar. So the stock was trading at $100. So just think about this logically. Stock was trading at $100. You sold the 95 strike put and you bought the 90 strike put. Now the stock starts trading at $94, right? This is the stock. The stock is trading at $94. So it's below your 95 strike put, which means that it's in the money by a dollar. So the intrinsic value of that option contract is at least a dollar because the other person could exercise their put option and basically gain a dollar of value. But the option value, the value of that contract will probably not be exactly a dollar. If it's 10 days to expiration, it might be a dollar 50. If it's two days to expiration, it might be a dollar 25, right? There's other value that's wrapped up in that contract because there's still time left until expiration and the stock is still volatile. So if it's 10 days from expiration, well, what happens if the stock goes back the other direction or what happens if the stock keeps moving down? So there's this extrinsic value component of an option contract. So here's the deal. When you check the extrinsic value of your legs nearing expiration, what you are looking for is you are looking for the legs to have very little or no extrinsic value. So I'll say this again. What you're looking for is you're looking for your option legs as they near expiration to have very little or no extrinsic value. And what this does is it allows you to then judge the likelihood that that contract is going to be assigned. And that's really the major risk that everyone's kind of avoiding with options trading near expiration is they don't want to be assigned. They don't want to have to go through that process, even though it's not a bad process to go through. It's a totally manageable process, but they don't want to go through that process. And I get it. I don't want to go through it all the time either. It's you know just a hassle. But when you look for extrinsic value of a particular leg to be very low or near zero, then what that does is that gives you a quick signal to tell you that, hey, there's not much benefit to the other person in holding this contract anymore. They're not gaining any value. They're not realizing any value by just trading out of the contract and reversing their trade. So when they have extrinsic value, when there's no time left or very little time left, there's no volatility value left, it is more likely that they're going to convert the option because that's how they realize the value. They can realize the value by converting the option contract. So what you can do is you can, inside of your automations, check and see if a particular leg of your position has, say, extrinsic value that's less than $0.05 or less than $0.10. The lower that you check, and it won't be zero until actually expiration, so it'll probably be at least a penny or so, depending on how far out it is. But the lower that extrinsic value is, the higher the likelihood is that that contract is going to be assigned. So that's the second thing you can do. And that's probably one of the coolest things you can do is you can check this extrinsic value automatically all the time inside of your bots. And then if, let's say, for example, if the extrinsic value is less than five cents, well, then you can either do some other decisions or take some action to close the position. Maybe it's three days from expiration and the extrinsic value is less than five cents. 
and the underlying is in the money. So your position's being challenged. You haven't met your profit target. Okay, now it's time to close the position, remove the risk because there's a higher risk of it being assigned and then go on to the next trade. Okay, number three here, and this kind of goes with number two, but you can just check the probability of a short leg being in the money. This is a really cool one because now what you can do inside of your bots and automations, in addition to checking the actual extrinsic value component of an option leg that you have, is you can use option alpha to check the probability of a particular leg staying in the money until expiration. So that's really powerful. If you have a short put leg, and let's say it's at, again, using our example from before, let's say you sold the 95 strike short put leg, and now the stock is trading at 94, well, you can check and see if that 95 strike put leg has a 90%, an 80%, a 70% chance of being in the money. Sometimes just because an option leg goes in the money and starts trading below or above where it is, depending on what side you're on, call or put, sometimes the probability of that leg landing and staying in the money is actually fairly low because you have a lot of time left until expiration or because the stock or underlying that you're trading is pretty volatile. So you might find that some securities, if they're a dollar in the money, there's a 90% chance that that leg stays in the money by expiration. Whereas other securities that are a dollar in the money, there's maybe a 50% chance or a 40% chance that it stays in the money at expiration. But you can actually check that inside of your bot. So here's what you're going to want to do. You're going to want to set up inside of your monitor automations a decision that checks the position leg, the short leg of your position. You could do this also for iron condors and iron butterflies to check both short legs, the short call, the short put. But you want to check the short legs of your positions and see what the probability of that leg being in the money is. You can do this really simple with your decision recipes, and then you just type in whatever probability is important to you. So here's an example. You would first check and see if your option is nearing expiration, let's say five days from expiration. In addition, you would add a decision recipe to your automation. So you could do a group decision recipe that would then also check and see if the short strike leg has a probability of being in the money greater than, say, 80%. So at that point, that might lead you down the path of saying, look, there's only a 20% chance that this thing turns around and doesn't stay in the money. Because if it stays in the money, then all of the extrinsic value gets evaporated away as it goes towards expiration. And if it stays in the money, it means it's higher likelihood that's going to be assigned, obviously, as it nears expiration. So you could use that kind of combination of decisions to judge using math and data and probabilities versus just gut, assumption, and opinion. You could judge whether you should keep that position on or not. And I'll just say this real quick because I didn't mention it in the beginning, but that point that I just made there is really critical. It's like before you had automation and tools to do this, a lot of people, what they did, if they even checked all this stuff, it's they mainly just made some gut assumptions and decisions. And then what that led a lot of people to do, I believe, is to get out of positions way too early. So they got out of positions seven days, 10 days before expiration, when honestly, there was really no or very little risk of assignment because there was still a lot of extrinsic value left in these contracts or the probability of a leg being in the money was really, really low. So that's a really key component is make sure that you're using data and probabilities and math to make these judgment calls, which are more intelligent, more systematic way to trade 
versus all the gut assumptions and opinions and hunches that you might have. Those usually don't scale well and typically don't end well. Okay, number four. This is more of a tip, also a trick, I guess you could say. More of a like firm, in my opinion, rule on this, but don't use market orders. This is one of those crazy things where I feel like a lot of people near expiration get into panic mode that their position isn't closing. And what they end up doing is they send a market order because they think that a market order is going to get them out at a decent price. And what they are doing is they're actually exchanging the speed to get out for the price in which you get out. And the reason I don't like using market orders is because you really have no clue what price you're going to get out at. In many cases, if it's near expiration and the position's in the money and there's low liquidity and not a lot of people trading it, maybe it's really deep in the money, the likelihood that you pay a huge premium to exit your position and therefore increase the risk beyond what you had originally set out for that position is pretty high. So instead, what I suggest doing is always use defined limit orders. Use defined limit orders. If you need to, on a spread at the end of expiration and you, you've tried everything to close it, it's just not working, use a defined limit order to send the order for the full width of the spread. And try that first. And typically you'll probably get out, especially if you're not doing it the day of expiration, you'll probably get out. And yes, you might get to max loss on a position, but that's okay. If you position sized accordingly and you adjusted your risk for positions, it shouldn't kill you at all in the long term. So position size accordingly and make sure you have that in place. But please don't use market orders to exit your positions near expiration or even ahead of expiration. Use defined limit orders. Now look, this is easy to do inside of option alpha two because anytime you have a closed position action or your exit options, you can define how you want to send the orders and use smart pricing, which uses limit orders. Define that. Don't use market orders for closing these positions. Number five, tag positions for their state so that you can analyze performance later on. Now, this is a relatively new thing that we release, which is the ability to analyze your portfolio. We released it just a couple weeks ago. Everyone loves it. You can go into your positions tab and you can start to analyze all the historical performance of your positions. Now, I said this years ago, months ago on lots of workshops. I've been telling people to start tagging your positions on entry and on exit because eventually I knew we would get to this point of having the ability to do very detailed, in-depth analysis using tags. So if you are not already doing this, you need to do this right now because it's going to help you see what positions work, what positions don't work, what environments you end up trading not so well in and how you can you know, adjust and move and navigate around those. So when you start closing positions inside of your bots, make sure you are adding tags for the state in which it was closed. So for example, if you have a position that let's say you have a set of decisions that says, look, if it's seven days from expiration and it's challenged and the probability of being in the money is high and there's extrinsic value is low, then I'm going to close the position. That's all great. Whatever decisions get you to the closed position action, doesn't matter. But that closed position action that you have, add some tags to that closed position action so that it can tag the position as, say, for example, 
challenged exit. Like this was an exit and I was exiting the position because I was challenged or in the money exit or seven days from expiration exit. I mean, you can write out whatever you want. Tags are just completely made up by you. You can put any naming convention you want or symbol convention there. You put in whatever you want, but something that allows you to understand the market environment that led to that position being closed. And what's cool about this is that later on, once you start to do this, you can go into your analyze tab and you can now start to filter all positions that were closed and that were closed with that tag. So you can go in and look and say, okay, all positions that were closed because I was five days from expiration and it was challenged. Okay, now let me open up those positions and see what did the stock do in those five days? Did the stock turn around? Like now you can start to do some deeper dive analysis to start to improve your own strategy and say, okay, well, maybe most of the time there's a pretty good chance that the stock turned around the week of expiration. So maybe I adjust my monitor to now only check it in three days, right? So before I was checking five days, now I was checking three days. Or if you have a tag that says it was closed because extrinsic value was very small. Now you can go in there and you can see, okay, how many of these positions, if the extrinsic value was small when I closed the position, how many of those ended in the money? Was that assumption right? Did my analysis prove out to be true where if the extrinsic value is low 10 days from expiration, it was most likely to stay in the money? This type of analysis is really where you get to the next level. And the only thing you can do here is you can start tagging positions for their state so you can analyze the performance later on. And I think that is something that's going to be so critical and it will separate the really good traders from the so-so traders moving forward is the ability to analyze their past performance on a microscopic level like this and then make course corrections along the way. All right, number six here, set up alerts for low liquidity exit conditions. So ultimately, and everything that we've talked about before, and this progression of this list has been, if you've been following along, the progression of the things I'm going through is how to exit positions before you even really get to expiration, adjusting and modifying your profit targets, things like that. Then once you get into the week of expiration, right, how to start assessing the assignment risk using probability been in the money, extrinsic value, et cetera, sending orders as limit orders, not market orders, using tags, right, for closing. But number six here is about setting up alerts for low liquidity exit conditions. This one's really key, and I think you should really consider doing this today if you don't already have this in place. I have this in place for my bots, which is that if it goes through its progression and it can't close the position, then I send myself an alert for low liquidity conditions. So here's the example. If you have a spread that is completely in the money, using our example from before, we sold the 95, 90 put spread, and now let's say the stock is trading at 80. So our spread is deep, deep, deep in the money, really far above where the stock is trading right now, right? That means that there's probably very low liquidity or almost nobody trading our strikes anymore because it's the week of expiration. Everyone is traded out of it. No one's playing in this pool anymore with us. So there's very low liquidity. Now, if you have attempted to close the position using automations, even if you're attempting to close the position at the full width of the spread, there's a good likelihood that if it's really deep in the money, it still won't close. 
And that's not the fault of the bot or the automation. Don't do your bot scapegoating. Listen to the last podcast if you don't know what that is. But it's not the fault of the bot or the position. It's the fault of just the liquidity of that market not being there anymore. Nobody wants to be on the other side of that trade. And so when you get into those situations, what I want to do is I want to have the bot send me an alert that lets me know that I have reached a low liquidity situation. What I sometimes can do, or a couple things you can do, is you can start to tag the bot based on how close it is to expiration and if it has gone through a lot of these orders but hasn't canceled. And you'll know that it's gone through a lot of orders but hasn't canceled because it'll keep coming back as trying and attempting and attempting. And every time you can add a tag that says second attempt, third attempt, fourth attempt, etc., Because if it still has those tags, then you know that it's still attempting to close. And maybe when it gets to its fourth attempt, then that tag triggers a notification and you can get yourself email notifications from your bots, by the way, inside of your settings. It'll trigger a notification and that notification will then let you know, hey, look, I've been trying to close this position all morning, all afternoon, all day, whatever it is for you, and I can't get this position closed. And that will then tell me that I need to come in and start to figure out a way to close it. Maybe I manually close that position for a penny over the width of the spread, right? And in that case, I know that there's a higher likelihood that I'm going to get that position closed. Or maybe the spread is so far in the money and there's still no liquidity, but because it's so far in the money and both strikes are in the money, one will get assigned, one will get auto-exercised, they'll cancel out, I'll pay some transaction fees, but I'll be okay. And I override the position or just keep attempting to close the position. Whatever you want to do, there's got to be a point at which you set up some alerts for these low liquidity events or environments so that you know exactly what's going to happen if the bot has not been able to find enough liquidity or find the pricing that's right to try and close the position. Now, if you have your exit option set up, you have your monitor set up, it will keep trying, but if there's got to be a point at which it probably may not exit that position, especially if you're trading low liquidity tickers to begin with. So that's number six, set up alerts for low liquidity exit conditions. Number seven, the last one here, and this one is the most critical. You have to set up critical alerts. These are different than the alerts that we talked about in number six. You can set them up similarly with similar decisions, similar automations. But the key here, and I want you guys to do this inside of your bots and automations, is use verbiage that is highly critical, urgent, emergency, whatever. Whatever that verbiage is that is going to get your attention when you get your email alert from your bot, that's the verbiage I want you to use. I use critical, emergency, life-threatening, you know, whatever, like it's life-threatening to the bot, whatever you want to use. Set up critical alerts for your positions that are nearing expiration and are between strikes of a spread. So here's why this is so important. If you have a spread using our example that we've used the whole time, you sold the 95 strike put, you bought the 90 strike put. If the stock is currently trading at 93, so it's trading below your short strike, but above your long strike, then that is where you have a lot of danger when it comes to expiration. Because if you don't get that position closed and you don't reverse that trade, then what's going to happen is is if the stock lands at 93, you're only going to be assigned or exercised, depending on what type of trade you're doing, you're only going to be assigned or exercised on one side. 
And what that does is that leaves you open to a lot of additional risk to carry the underlying security, whether short or long, for the remainder of that period. Now, if you're paying attention, you'll know that this happens because you see your emails come over from your broker, et cetera. But maybe let's say you're not paying attention, or maybe you didn't know that this was going to happen. And so now you get carried with this risk that you didn't know was there. And so you start trading the stock the next day and it has a big move. And now your seemingly risk-defined option position that you had, which is now converted to just a single-sided equity trade with a lot of margin and capital invested behind it, now starts to go in a bad direction, right? Like this is where people have those stories of like things got worse and then they kept getting worse. Well, these are one of those cases where it would happen is when the stock lands and expires in between your strikes. So here's the deal though. This is totally manageable if you can start to set up critical alerts to tell you if the stock is trading between strikes of a spread. And you can set this up in Option Alpha, very easy. You set up a decision to say, is the stock underlying trading below one strike and above the other strike? That's it. And if you do that and you couple that with let's say a decision that it's near expiration, so it's within five days or within three days, then you can send yourself an alert and just use verbiage and language that says critical, urgent, emergency, whatever. It's not meant to necessarily scare you into closing the position at a terrible price. It is meant to alert you to the fact that, hey, you might have a potential issue here where if the stock does stay in this range, then you might be dealt with some sort of one-sided assignment. And that is where people have a lot of issues if they don't know how to manage that. So that's something you can manage and get alerted to. Maybe you come in and if the stock is in between your range and it's one day to go, again, you start executing trades or start allowing the stock. You could do this automated or manual, doesn't matter. You start allowing the bot to start closing the positions with more aggressive pricing. I've seen some people inside of their automations where they will set up this type of alert or a set of decisions. And if the stock is trading in between their strikes and it's one day to go until expiration, they will adjust how they close that position and allow the bot to go further through the bid-ask spread, maybe 100% through the bid-ask spread. Or they'll allow the bot 10 cents of slippage versus normally 5 cents. Whatever they want to do to get the position off because it's more important to remove the risk of having the one-sided assignment than it is to potentially let this thing roll for a couple extra pennies or dollars of potential profit or loss. So that's something you can do. Set up alerts for low liquidity, but then set up critical alerts for positions between strikes of a spread. Okay, so we've gone through seven tips and tricks. I hope you guys enjoyed this today on the show. This was not meant to, and I feel like the last one kind of got this way, like not meant to scare you, but also meant to empower you to know that you can set up your bots and automations to manage a lot of these scenarios and then just selectively alert you to the scenarios that you want to be alerted to. In my case, I don't have to deal with assignments that often. They do happen. I have had them happen multiple times. It's not like they don't happen. So I'm not some special use case where assignments just never happen. No, of course, I've had to deal with my own slew of assignments. Sometimes they come in waves, it feels like, and that's okay. But I've also done a good job, I think, of managing the expectation of expiration coming up in assignment and being able to have my bots judge the likelihood of assignment. Though it can never be perfect, we can never perfectly judge the likelihood of assignment because it is random. 
but judge the likelihood of assignment or the risk of assignment and then manage out of those positions, remove the risk, and then just go keep on trading other positions. Likewise, I've also been alerted a lot of times to really critical setups where I just can't get out of them. There's just no liquidity anymore in some of these ETFs or it's so far in the money because the underlying has moved so much that I need to take some sort of manual action to close the position. And I've done that sometimes. And that's okay. That's where this kind of beautiful hybrid scenario of automated trading plus human insight and oversight on these bots and automations, that's why it comes into play. Because bots are your tool. They are meant to be there to support you in your trading, but you are ultimately responsible. You are the general of your bots and you are in control. That's why we said a long time ago, automated trading doesn't mean unattended. You should be attended and just give yourself the extra leg up by letting your bots selectively alert you to the situations that need your attention most. All right. As always, you can get access to today's show notes and transcripts and a ton of additional links and resources by going over to optionalpha.com slash show 232. Again, that's just the number 232, optionalpha.com slash show 232. We did put a ton of additional resources at the bottom of that post for the show notes for not only the podcast that I mentioned before, show number 187, but also a couple of videos, lessons that we have, also some workshops where we went through how to actually implement some of the things that we did. So if you're curious about how do I actually do this, how do I actually build these into my bots, we have a ton of resources and links at the bottom of the show notes page over at optionalpha.com slash show 232. That way you can watch me do this inside of our workshops and tutorials where I show you how to do some of the things that we talked about today, like adjusting profit targets the week of expiration, estimating the probability of being assigned using extrinsic value and the probability of being in the money, setting up alerts. We'd show you how to do that inside of some of these videos and resources. So make sure you take a look at those. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right, that's a wrap for this week's podcast episode here at Option Alpha. But before you go, please make sure to subscribe and follow us on your favorite social media platform so you get all the latest updates on everything that's being added to the auto trading platform. As always, I truly hope you guys enjoyed today's show. Got at least one thing out of it that you can apply right now to help you consistently play smarter trades. And until next time, happy trading.